You're listening to World Found, a podcast about belonging in an age of social isolation and disconnection, brought to you by the Weld Community Foundation. I'm your host, Tim Coons. I'm recording this in our basement, and the noises that you're hearing upstairs are that our two youngest kids uh, playing with a new rocket ship. The two oldest uh, are on a walkie-talkie with the neighbors. Uh, so you'll be hearing some beeps throughout this intro. Before we get started, the foundation has paired with the United Way of Weld County to launch a new fund. The Weld Recovers Fund is for COVID-19 relief and will be aiding the nonprofits and programs serving people during this crisis. For more information or for frequently asked questions or simply to donate, head to weldcommunityfoundation.org. The needs of our community have escalated in the last few weeks. This is our chance to be a great champion of the place where we live. Two other quick things, things to do while experiencing physical distancing. If you haven't filled out your census, now's a great time to hop online or send back the info that they've sent to you. It's vital to get folks counted for the sake of government funding and the other good things that come along with this. The other item, hey, this is a great time to get to know your own community. People are looking for ways to feel connected, to stay connected online. Would you share this podcast? We've been exploring compelling stories together since last August. Now is a great time to catch up on episodes you've missed. Or maybe you could share a past episode you've loved and say a little something about it online. These are good days to use medias like podcasts to actually build a community. It's not ideal, but it is a resource. With that said, let's begin today's show. Three years ago, our fourth child, Arlo, was born. By the way, my favorite joke in the world is from Jim Gaffigan. He says this, if you want to know what it's like to have a fourth kid, just imagine that you're drowning and then someone hands you a baby. (laughs) Having a large family comes with its own struggles. And like most of you would be, I was worried about the future. In the long term, how are we going to meet the physical and emotional needs of these kids? How are we going to get them through graduations and weddings and whatever life markers I was imagining for them at the time? In the short term, how are we going to raise these three young girls well and have a new little brother at the same time? We have no family in the area. I mean, how, how are we going to sleep? I was stressed with this. And then there was also a big job change where I worked. And then something strange started happening. At night, the kids would be in bed. Arlo would be nursing with Bethany, my wife, and I would lay down, exhausted from a good day, ready to sleep. And then right as I was about to drift off, I would gasp for breath. And this would startle me awake. It was like having to yawn really badly right at the moment of going unconscious for the night. And it happened enough that I went to see a doctor about it. And his answer was, well, you have a new kid and you're not sleeping well to begin with. We could monitor your sleep, we could do a bunch of tests, or we could give it a couple months and see if it passes. And so I waited, and his advice turned out to be solid. It passed. I wasn't symptomatic once we got into a rhythm. This was three years ago, and I haven't had it happen since. Until last week. Several times in this past week. I'll be lying down to go to sleep, be on the verge, and then all of a sudden, I'm gasping for breath. So this had been happening and was on the back of my mind, and I was having a phone conversation a couple days ago with my friend Aaron. 
And he was like, oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, these last couple of weeks, I've had trouble sleeping. But I talked to a counselor named Jess Haynes, and it was really helpful. I've been doing these relaxation exercises before bed, and it's helped. And I asked him, oh, what's what's been going on? And he said, oh, well, right as I'm about to fall asleep, it feels like I'm suffocating and can't breathe, and it wakes me right up. And Jess has said, this is a form of anxiety where my body is, is ready to sleep, but my mind isn't, and it's waking up my body to stay up for what's going to happen. And I laughed out loud. I told him, hey, this exact thing has happened to me too this last week, and also as it was happening when Arlo was born. And I realized this. I'm being affected by the collective concern, this tense moment we are all experiencing. And my friend is being affected by it. And I bet you are experiencing stresses that are new for you or someone you love is feeling off balance, not centered as usual. So for us today, I called Jess Haynes, Aaron's friend, someone I've known as a part of my community for some time now. I called Jess and she had some incredible observations about what's going on in our heads right now, putting some language to how things are processing in some of our brains. Jess is a counselor for first responders primarily, people who are living on the edge of conflict and emergency situations consistently. We had a wonderful conversation, and then I asked her to lead us in a relaxation exercise, a guided meditation of sorts. If you or someone you know has been feeling a heightened anxiety or level of stress during this time, and I, I can't imagine that you haven't, this episode will hopefully be a centering experience for you. Welcome, my friends, to Weldfound. Hey, Jess, this is Tim Coons. How are you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing all right. So, um, can you tell me uh, your name, the role that you play, and where you work? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Jess Haynes. I am a clinical mental health counselor. I own a small um, counseling practice here in Greeley called Caliber Counseling. I specialize in working with first responders, so folks that work in fire, law enforcement, medics, nurses, counselors, basically anyone who works in the front lines. I also specialize in working with queer folks. Um, honestly, I love partnering with anyone who wants to see things change. I love to be part of the process of empowering folks to get free of the things that hold them back and be a guide as they pursue their greatness. Um, a more recent thing I offer is I offer customized mental health services to businesses who need high level of confidentiality and individualized options for their colleagues or stakeholders. Yes. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, what, what I do. So I'm a licensed professional counselor, would be my title, but, okay. or a clinical, clinical mental health counselor. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Well, um, can, you, can you talk to us just a little bit about, um, you know, this is, this is a new uh, sense of stress that Bettany and I have been feeling, and I know that a lot of my friends are uh, talking about this, processing it as well. And so as a, as a counselor, would you be able to speak to that just a, just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. There's a weird thing about our brains. Um, we like to do things that we're familiar with, our brains do. We actually create neural pathways, which are little like tracks in our brain. And we do really good running on the same tracks 
over and over and over again. And anytime we ask our brain to go on a new track, it creates stress. And right now we're on a very new track. And so we're looking at things that nobody's faced before. We're trying to solve problems that we're not used to having solved. Um, we're in different workspaces, different home spaces, facing different stress. And our brains are just not accustomed to it. And so not only do we have the actual stress of trying to be safe and care well for each other in the middle of a pandemic, but also our brains are simply under stress because we're trying to do things that we don't have the neural pathways built in to, to do well. This makes total sense also with where I work. You know, I'm the communications person at the Weld Community Foundation. And as all this was happening, as events were getting canceled, as things were moving around and changing, you know, even, even how I'm going to communicate things to people were, were rapidly changing, I could feel my brain shift. <laughs> I, I, could, I could feel like, like, oh, all of these plans that I had the, which, which were things that were familiar to me, I have to pull back off of those, and I am stepping into something new here. Uh, to where it's, it's like, okay, uh, what do Zoom meetings look like? What does live streaming look like? Um, and, uh, and also, like, episodes that I had ready to go for Weld Found. It was, it was uh, oh, okay, like, all those aren't helpful to the conversation right now, what would be. And, and, and so this makes total sense. Like I, I could feel my brain literally doing this of, of like, okay, time to make new paths. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the great mercy we have to give to ourselves because it's exhausting. Like the idea of like, if you're driving on a highway, it takes very little work from your vehicle and you can just fly along on the highway. Whereas if you're in 12 inch deep mud trying to blaze a new trail, it takes so much more work, so much more fuel, so much more wear and tear on your vehicle. And in this case, our minds, our bodies, our emotions are the vehicle. And it's going to take so much more, it's going to put so much more wear and tear to go the same amount of distance because we don't have these pathways. And so we're we're digging through and it's, yeah, it's a lot more work. It requires a lot more grace that we have to give to ourselves. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, can you speak to um, what you were talking about? I, I know that uh, Bethany had said she heard you talk about um, living with a, a sense of, of fear or, or foreboding is new to us as Americans, um, but not necessarily new to other people in different parts of the world. Um, could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, there's this interesting element of we... We've been used to a fairly high level of privilege in America. Um, not all of us, but as a general collective, we, we live with most of our needs being met fairly well. And we don't, we're not accustomed to living in fear. And a lot of our, our neighbors and in, in other countries, it is normal for them to wonder whether or not there's going to be food on their shelves. It's normal for them to wonder whether or not they're going to die from some random disease that they don't understand um, due to their water or, or other things. And so we, um, we fortunately don't normally have to live with that. And so now we're in a place where we're trying to figure that out. And uh, kind of like what we were saying before, we don't have the, the systems in place to know what that is like. And so we're struggling and we're flailing about. And in some ways, we can look at that and go, we get to flail about right now because we have been so privileged. 
and we haven't created those neural pathways. We haven't built those structures and that strength in being good at this because we have been very fortunate. And so there's there's some some beauty in the midst of that that struggle. And the other part of that is we get the opportunity to realize that what we repeatedly practice, we strengthen. So if we choose to repeatedly fear, and right now we have some valid things to fear, but the purpose of fear is a red flag to warn us not to fall over a cliff. So in this case, the purpose of fear is to remind us, let's not go out in social gatherings. Um, let's practice social distancing. Let's be safe. Let's care for each other. The purpose of fear shouldn't be to create panic. It shouldn't be to create hoarding. It shouldn't be to create mental and emotional distancing from those that we love. And so we get to choose, and it's not easy, and it's a really hard choice, but in little tiny increments, we get to choose what we practice. And if we choose to practice fear on a perpetual basis, we build those neural pathways that make it easier and easier to fear. And in a moment where we're uncertain what to do, our brains automatically default, oh, fear's the easiest thing. It's the most well-worn path, let's do that. Whereas if instead we decide we're going to choose to take a moment each day to focus on the positive or choose to laugh or choose to play or choose to create art or choose to create music or choose to create light or choose to stand in the sunshine or choose to go for a run, if we can choose those positive things, it creates those neural pathways and makes them deep and embedded. And so when our brains are in a moment of which way do I go, which way do I go, those pathways will be deep and easy. And as you mentioned, the muscle, like with our muscles, if we don't use them, they don't do the thing we want them to do well. But when we first start using them, it hurts and it's uncomfortable because they're being torn and they're not used to it. But the more we use them, they become stronger at that particular motion. They don't hurt anymore and they're really good and solid at that. So in this time, we have those little tiny choices where it might feel like it doesn't really matter. Like I could go on Facebook and look at all the 800 things that are wrong in the world, or I could take my kiddos out for a walk around the block in the sun. Doesn't really make any difference. It actually might. Long term, it might make a huge difference. I think the biggest thing I would say during this space and this time is just reminding folks to give grace to yourself and give grace to those around you because everyone is in real and very high states of stress right now. And when we're in high states of stress, we see the darker sides of ourselves. And it's not because that is who we are. It's just because we're under stress. And as we figure out a new norm, as we figure out how to find healthy ways to cope, and as we choose the small ways to choose health, we will see those stress levels drop. And it can be really easy to, to look at the people that we're trapped inside with and be like, oh my gosh, why are you doing this thing? Or to look at ourselves and be, why am I anxious or why am I angry or why am I sad? I could, I should do better. I, I have enough. I should be happier, whatever. And instead to hold both ourselves and those around us with gentle open hands and say, we get grace for this time because we're under stress and that's okay because it's going to it's going to get better. And I think that would be the most important thing because we can do, we can do great harm to ourselves during this time, or we can, as a community, um, support one another. So I think that would be the, the takeaway that I would want, want folks to have as they're, they're all moving forward. 
one of the things that I have seen people uh, doing, and, and it's um, words like uh, mindfulness or centering has been has been used in circles um, that that I know of uh, within the Christian circles that I've been a part of. People talk about centering prayer or um, silent meditation, and and these have been practices and things that have been a part of the church for many 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 years. Um, but I know that these things are also being used uh, as ways to to help our brains calm down. Um, and to help our brains uh, be centered and focused, I know that they're being used by counselors and, and therapists, and um, and so I know that you also use some of these practices. I was wondering if you could speak towards uh, how you how you engage in as as yeah. you enter into guided meditations with people. Um, could you speak to that a little bit, and then um, would you lead me and our listeners on one of these guided meditations? I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really appreciate the, um, yeah, so we call them guided meditations, and they have lots of different names. You can use whatever words that you want. I definitely don't want the wording to be uh, a stumbling block to folks, something that they feel like makes it unaccessible, because basically what these types of exercises or these types of practices are is there are ways that we can engage our nervous system and let our nervous system know, basically let our body know that we are okay. So we can take in information from our environment through our body as a way to ground ourselves and let us know that the world is okay. And if we're at a place where we're capable of doing one of these exercises, to a degree, the world is okay. Like, we're not getting actively chased by a lion if we're in the process of, of doing some sort of a relaxation practice. And so this is a way to allow our nervous system to pause, allow our mind to pause, and allow us to be in the moment. It is so easy in our culture, we either get caught in the past because we're thinking about all the things we could have done different, all the things that happened, or we get caught in the future thinking about all the things we need to do or all the things that could happen. And these types of practices just allow us to be present with our body and allow all of us, the whole human, to be present in this very moment. So it's it's not anything new agey, it's not anything... Um, Basically, you can use whatever values matter to you and engage them in this way. That's what I do with my clients. If if prayer is of importance to you, this is an awesome time to use this as a way to pray. Um, if that isn't important to you, you can use it with a way to focus on the universe, on on the sky, on on the grass. Um, there, there's no limit because it's about you being present with your body and being present in this moment. About how long should we anticipate uh, this guided meditation to be? I think I should, I think this one's like uh, three and a half minutes. Okay. I think. So it's nice and short. I Can I put some music yeah. underneath it? Yeah, totally. That'd okay. be awesome. Okay. So this meditation that I'm going to lead us in is directly related to the breath and directly related to the body. It is called progressive muscle relaxation, and it is an exercise that allows us to reduce stress 
and reduce anxiety. In this time in our world, I think we all can feel the increased stress and the increased anxiety. So this is an opportunity for us to just pause. It is an opportunity for us to intentionally and purposefully release the stress and release the anxiety. This exercise can provide an immediate feeling of relaxation, but also it is an awesome exercise to practice frequently because the more we practice it, the stronger the neural pathway come, becomes and the broader and longer extending the benefits become. With experience, you'll begin to become more aware of the tension leaving you and more aware of the skills that you have to help you relax that you can tap into whenever you need them. During this exercise, each muscle should be tensed, but not to the point of strain. Basically, don't hurt yourself. If you have any injuries or pain, you can skip the affected area. If something is uncomfortable, no judgment. Allow your mind to simply rest in that and say, it's all right, I'm just gonna move on. We're gonna pay special attention to the feeling of releasing tension in each muscle and the resulting feeling of relaxation. All right, so if you guys are ready, let's begin. I invite you to sit back or lie down in a comfortable position. If you have anything in your hands, I invite you to set it down. Set your phone on a table, on a couch. I invite you to shut your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. If you're not, I allow you to I invite you to focus your eyes on something that is at a distance or that is mildly uninteresting. Let's begin by taking a deep breath and notice the feeling of air filling your lungs. We're going to hold our breath for a few seconds. We're going to release our breath slowly and let the tension leave your body. As the air flows out of your mouth, imagine it as tension flowing forth out of your mouth. Take in another deep breath and hold it. And again, slowly release the air. Even slower now, take another breath. Fill your lungs as fully as you possibly can and hold the air. We're going to attempt to hold it for three seconds and then we're going to attempt to release the air slowly for four seconds. And in those four seconds, imagine all the tension that you're holding coming forth, coming out, traveling on your breath. Now move your attention to your feet. Begin to tense your feet by curling your toes in the arch of your foot. Hold on to your hold on to the tension and notice what it feels like. Feel the tightness, the pressure. Release the tension in your feet. Notice a new feeling of relaxation. 
Feel the blood move back into your toes. Feel them no longer held tight. Next, begin to focus on your lower legs. Tense the muscles in your calves at the same time as you're tensing your toes. Hold them tightly and pay attention to the feeling of tension. Release the tension from your lower legs. Again, notice the feeling of relaxation. Let's take another really deep breath. Fill your lungs all the way into the depth of your belly. Hold and release. Next, tense the muscles of your upper legs and your pelvis. Do this by tightly squeezing your thighs together. Make sure you feel the tenseness without going to the point of strain. And release. Feel the tension leave your muscles. Feel your muscles relax. Feel them let go. Feel the blood flow return to your muscles. Begin to tense your stomach and your chest. You can do this by sucking your stomach in. Squeeze harder and hold the tension. Hold it just a little bit longer. Release the tension. Allow your body to go limp. Let yourself notice the feeling of relaxation. Continue taking deep breaths. Let's breathe in slowly, noticing the air fill your lungs, deep into your belly, and hold. Release the air slowly. Feel it leaving your lungs. Feel your diaphragm relax. Feel the things you've been holding tight in your body flowing out of your mouth and into the air. Let's breathe again. Next, tense the muscles in your back by bringing your shoulders together behind you. Hold them tightly. Tense them as hard as you can without straining and keep holding. Release the tension from your back. Feel the tension slowly leaving your body and a new feeling of relaxation. Notice how your body feels when you allow it to relax. Maybe you haven't felt your back relaxed in a very long time. Make no judgments, just feel. 
tense your arms all the way from your hands to your shoulders. Make a fist and squeeze all the way up your arm. Hold it. Release the tension from your arms and shoulders. Notice the feeling of relaxation in your fingers, your hands, your arms, and your shoulders. Notice how your arms feel, limp and at ease. Move up to your neck and your head. Tense your face and your neck by distorting the muscles around your eyes and your mouth. You can raise your eyebrows, you can smile big, you can grimace, you can clench your teeth. Release the tension. Let all the muscles in your face relax. Notice a new feeling of relaxation. As your eyelids relax, your face muscles relax. Finally, tense your entire body. Tense your toes and your calves, your thighs and your pelvis, your stomach and your chest, your back and your hands, your arms and your shoulders, your neck and your head. Tense a little harder, hold the tension. Now release. Allow your whole body to go limp. Pay attention to the feeling of relaxation and how different it is from the feeling of tension. Let us take a deep breath in, letting the air fill our lungs down to our belly. And release. Let us begin to wake our bodies up slowly by moving our muscles. Let's adjust our arms, adjust our legs. Let us begin to move. Let us feel ourselves in the present. Let us stretch out our fingers, stretch out our toes. Let us remind ourselves of the places we have hope the places we have security, and the places that we have peace. Let us choose to breathe in the life that is around us, the very oxygen that surrounds us. Let's breathe it in. Feel free to stretch your muscles, move your shoulders back, stretch your hips, anything that feels tight or feels like it needs to move, feel free to move. Open your eyes when you are ready and celebrate that you are in the moment, you are present, you are alive, and you are here. Thanks, friends.
So this relaxation exercise, this meditation exercise that we just completed, it is an excellent practice that you can do at home. Um, you can look online and there's different scripts you can use. There's longer versions that you can use to help you go to sleep. There's ones that go up to like 45 minutes long that go by each little tiny muscle, which can be an excellent way to help you if you're struggling with getting to sleep. And one of the beautiful things about this particular type of practice is it stimulates our vasovagal response as humans. And basically what that is, is it's the response that tells our nervous system to calm down. Like it would be the opposite of like our fight flight um, or freeze type of response. This is the thing that lets us know on a body level, on a somatic level, that we are okay. And so this is a way for us to get the information, the deep information, that on some level, we are okay. Okay enough to get up and do the things we need to do as well humans down to the core of our beings instead of letting the, the anxiety be at the core of our beings. Special thanks to Jess Haynes for the phone interview and calming exercise. Thank you to my friend Aaron for being open about his anxiety and the recommendation to talk to Jess. And thank you to the Weld Community Foundation. For more info on how to help our community during this time, head to weldcommunityfoundation.org. <laughs>